And welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I Am, episode 17. 16. Fuck. Two weeks in a row. Jesus. How can you fuck that up so badly? (laughs) I I was going to say 16. I was going to say it. You had it, yes. It was 16. Uh, I mentioned last week. Oh, it's Thurman Munson's yeah, yeah. number 15. He's looking, he was, he's looking at me, and I was just letting him drown. Yes, yes. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I fucking drowned hard. What are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm fixing a divot. Oh. What's happening? What's going on? This is another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I am episode 16. It's me, your host, Puma, across on the other side of the laptop, my good friend, Chenz, and our other new host on the phone, Matt. What's going on, guys? What's up? Yo, yo. So, what's oh, the... Yeah. We just we just, uh, we just, just unwinded, unwound? I don't even know the, the proper... Got in the Apparently, zone. I don't even know how to pronounce words. But, <laughs> and he had uh, one beer, one beer queer. But, uh, oh, yeah, here we go, Mr... Mr. Drinks a lot. Sir drinks a lot over here. I don't drink a lot. I don't have to. Oh my god! Here we go. I don't need to have a good time. Anyway. <laughs> uh. Anyway, we went down. We d- went down a little rabbit hole with some YouTube poop. As Matt says, it's it's it should be forbidden territory. Nobody should ever venture into that that world. You start your podcast a whole forty five minutes late because of it. But if you want to, you really want if you want to jump dive headfirst into YouTube poop. Look up Nickelback YouTube poop. They, it's uh, not recommended. It is not. Rec- I do not endorse this. This is all chance going wild card right now. I right do now. not recommend it either. Yeah, two out of the three podcasters do not recommend this. It's like those toothpaste commercials. No, see, it, this is like uh, Matt is the is the former addict who who got clean and knows not to go back down there. Got me hooked. I'm still fuck. I'm still fucking hooked. I'm, I'm still. I'm still. I'm still chasing dragons. Puma was the guy that never got hooked to this stuff, and is just watching his friends burn. So pretty much, that's that's what that is. Pretty much, um, pretty much. So we got we got a full slate, a lot of action going on. We have some light baseball talk. Obviously, we got NBA playoffs with Game Three tomorrow night, series tied at one. Uh, I don't know what what's what's delivering more drama, the game or the Drake. Drake interactions. Uh, he called them Aubrey. That was awesome. Oh, woo, big deal. Awesome. The, the back, fact, back to Degrassi, baby. Like I said, the fact the fact that they're even so wrapped up in in addressing him, he's winning. He's winning. Yeah, dude. Kevin Durant is the is a big baby. All right, and he's gonna be a Nick. He fits. He fits. Drake wore uh, a Home Alone hoodie that had Kevin on the back of it, and that that got Durant all fired up. And he's all he's all pissed. Oh, I didn't hear you chirping tonight. 
Yeah, but you, you know that it doesn't take much to piss off Kevin Durant right. online. He gets mad. He's exactly. One, I get mad online. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He's the kid. He's the kid that you would hear screaming through the fucking headphones when you killed he in Halo. Yes. Yes, he that is true. Yes. Matt's big time Twitter guy. Big but, time. But I do love him and I would love to have him on next next year. No, of I'm course. Of course, yeah. of course, yes. I would love to have him on the Knicks too, because the Knicks suck ass. And he's a he's a very he's pretty good. He's kinda good. He's alright. Not bad. So uh, let's we, actually talk about what's going on on the court. Fuck fine. Drake. So I've actually watched the NBA finals. You watched a little bit, yeah. You watched dabbled. a little bit. You dabbled. Thank you for your service. So, you guys were talking about it in our group chat on the phone, and I was like, you know what, let me watch it. And from, I didn't watch any of game one, you know, it was a nine-point game. Um, From what I saw in the second game, uh, Toronto dominated the first half, and then you guys could tell me better than me. Are they more of a driving kick team, or are they more of a perimeter team, Toronto? Matt, why why don't you go on this one? Well, I can't say that I've watched a lot of Toronto games compared to other people that I know, but I will say that they do, at least in the playoffs, have been relying on their outside shots. And if you saw, they were just chucking up three after three after three in that third quarter and not really getting anywhere. And it could have been a result of also Draymond playing really well, in addition to, I think, the MVP of game two, Boogie Cousins. Oh, dude. Marcus Cousins played spectacular like the former all-star that he is the team USA representative that he is he wasn't supposed to play a lot you know coming off that injury and he put on such performance that stole them the game to be honest I don't think Golden State wins that game without the performance that Bogey puts in I I agree and I hate that I agree because it was what was it was it halftime or like yeah it was probably halftime when I texted you I was like is Boogie Cousins is he is he even doing anything? <laughs> and you said he's got three fouls and like two points, but he's only played like six minutes. And it was like from that point on, he like turned it on. And all anyone's ever been saying is Demarcus Cousins saved the Warriors. Double double, had a huge assist, knocked down big shots. But um, the the most clutch shot of that game was obviously Iguodala at the end that late three and I'm a big big time uh, watch first take during lunch kind of guy and I fucking I cannot stand the takes that Max Kellerman has if we can take him to fucking sports court we would I would the question was who would you rather have taking uh, a clutch three pointer like wide open three pointer Steph Curry or Iguodala he picked Iguodala. Of course he did. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you're watching. I don't know why you choose to watch first take and get all frustrated. That's exactly what they want you to be. Then you can be mad online and then go and complain about <laughs> it and get clicks. You literally play into their – you're a marketer's dream by doing that. I'm, listen, I, I'm just – he went with it, and Stephen A couldn't believe it, obviously, because Stephen, Stephen A picked Steph Curry. Uh, I think Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas was on the show. He picked Steph Curry. I think – Everybody other than Max Kellerman would pick. Well, his point was Steph like Curry. he he knocks down clutch shots, which he does. But the better shooter is Steph Curry, no doubt. Anyway, that's that's a small thing. So what do. But, what I saw what I saw was, and I think I think I said this to Chen's, um, was the fact that if 
Toronto actually drove the lane a little bit more and didn't settle for an outside shot, they could have won the game. I think that they beat themselves in the fact that they shot put up well, 38 threes because they made 11 of 38. That's terrible. But at the same time, you know, the Golden State Warriors were stuck on 106 for a long, long time. And they just kept chucking up three after three after three. Why doesn't Kawhi take the ball and drive the paint well, and they, force they, Green they started, to... They started doing that, and they were drawing a lot of fouls. Exactly. But they were missing wide-open shots. And you're never going to win if you do that. Yeah. I mean, I know you're never going to win if you do that. But the point is, is that why not take the chance and drive the paint and try to make your free throws when the clock is stopped, Matt? The problem is you got, you got two great bodies down low. You had Cousins and Green just playing really well down there. And and Green even said he had to be more aggressive. The defense starts with me. He took the onus on himself after the game with performance to perform better so that he could be examples for his team. And he definitely stepped up to the plate and, and definitely took away a lot of the options. Like Siakam didn't have a great game compared to game one. Siakam went off in game one and he was a lot more quiet in game two because Green stepped it up. And I think that was a big reason why they weren't being able to just drive. You know, they're not equipped to be driving Greek freak style. You know, you're yeah. stepping from the three-point line. Kawhi is a freak, but not like that. So when he has a chance, he was dishing it out to Van Vliet, who, again, was not as hot as game one. That was another thing. You know, you had these, these two guys, Van Vliet and, and Siakam, who, who played really well in game one, but just couldn't produce the same magic in game two, which is fine. But Kawhi couldn't pick up the slack at the end to make up for it. And if you saw that last defensive play, he was a millisecond away from intercepting that, taking it the other way, and driving down for a layup. Instead, you know, Iguodala hits the clutch three, and you know, Golden State goes back home tied one-one. I understand that, but my here's my philosophy on everything, and what I think is is if you. I understand Draymond Green's a force underneath the net and, you know, teams change their game plan to do things they normally don't do to take him off the defensive side. But why not try to attack him and get him in foul trouble? You know, why not go after Cousins and get them in foul trouble? Because if they're not on the floor because they're in foul trouble, it helps helps Toronto better and, and it helps Siakam and all these guys produce more and help Kawhi. Why not go out on the attack instead of playing into Golden State's hands by chucking up more threes. Because that's what they want. That's not that's not they only have Kawhi that's really the only guy that can take on one or two guys. And and like like Matt was saying, Greek freak just mows over people. Kawhi can kinda do that, but not to that extent. He made some crazy tough shots and he was drawing a lot of fouls, but for every two that they made, or for every time they went to the line, hit one of two, hit two of two Golden State would come down and hit a three, hit a clutch three. And if they didn't get that, Cousins was grabbing offensive rebounds. For me, I think Marcus All has to fucking step up a lot more. He's on the floor almost a whole game. He's playing significant minutes, and I think he only scored six points last time. Um, you want a presence down low? You want to score? You got to feed it to the big man. He had no offensive rebounds in game two. Gasol. He was 6, 6, and 2, and though all six of those rebounds How many were minutes? on defense. How many minutes? 31. He, 
31. 31 minutes. Six rebounds. He's seven feet tall. What the fuck? Oh, Kawhi also had 14. So, he was gobbling a lot more. But yeah. But, I mean, but Kawhi goes, goes after it. But, 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 but what I'm saying, though, is somebody who doesn't watch and just watched that last game and seeing Toronto play for the first time all year, is it crazy for me to think the way that... What, is it crazy for me to say what I'm saying? To, uh, to drive the paint and attack? You know? I mean... No, it's not crazy. It's just... That's just not how NBA teams are built these days. You know? It's true. You look at all the threes they take, you know, you're 38 from Toronto and 34 from yeah. the Warriors. I mean, yeah, it's 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 drive and kick. You know. And, if, and the, like I said, Toronto had a lot of good looks and they weren't hitting them. Yeah. That's just, that's that's the player's fault for not executing. That's understandable. I, I, I guess, you know, I think it's what it comes down to for me when I watched that game is, you know, is the fact that they had an opportunity if they changed their game plan in the last couple of minutes because they played well defensively. They played great defensively. I mean, that boxing one they ran in the fourth quarter with Steph on Curry was great. I mean, I don't think you could do that for 48 minutes, but I, I think that if you could play boxing one for half the game and shut Curry down and force Iguodala to make that shot, you know, I mean, it's just this is coming from a guy who doesn't watch. Yeah. You know? Also, too, Lowry's a big part of their game and him fouling out really hurt their chances of winning. And that game. was a stupid foul he took to foul out. Yeah, it really, it really was. That yeah, was a stupid foul. He did not. You know, I mean, we. I think going back to last week, we all said this was going to be a series. Yeah, I so, think I said... I, you said five. Yeah, five. I said six. I still, I'll stand by five. Wow. I don't... Th- I, 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 I kind of... Durant I, out game three and Clay questionable? Well, I mean... I, I, I kind of want to change my prediction to seven. I, I've been here since the beginning. More Raptors than seven. Not trying to from that one. What I want to know is why why do the NBA games have such a big break in between each other? It's it's for travel, so they have the extra day for travel. No, but they didn't travel from game one and two, and they had three days in between. Thursday to Sunday, yeah. Well, like I was telling some people, too, because... One of my friends from Toronto was excited. He's like, oh, I'm going to have everyone over Saturday night. Realized they were playing Sunday. And I, I think the NBA just loves their primetime games on Sundays. Mm-hmm. They, for some reason, I mean, you think about it too. Saturday night, you're going to go out maybe to a bar or to dinner or something like that. Sunday night, you're not going anywhere. Think of what also Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones was on Sunday. Sopranos was on a Sunday. All your good viewings are going to be on Sunday night when everyone's watching they're not going anywhere so right. that gets the most eyeballs in my opinion I think that's why the NBA tries to schedule around Sundays that's true I mean think about it Super Bowl is on Super Bowl Sunday yeah that's because exactly. football is played on Sunday you know people forget that but. <laughs> so yeah, anyway game 3 tomorrow night 8 o'clock 1-1 goes to Golden State Clay Thompson questionable Durant is he playing or not out officially out he's out oh wow mm-hmm. so from what I'm we'll see. and from what I'm also from what I'm hearing too, they're leaning towards Clay sitting too to give him that extra day to rest. And if he's out game three, this is the Raptors' time to pounce. This they, is if exactly they if they can't steal this game, it's going to be very hard from here on out. So I think I, I think that I, this might be a hot take. I think it's a must win for Toronto. It's a must win. Must win or can't lose. That's not a hot take. 
That's a good one. I think it's a must. I think it's a must it's a win. Fair take. I think it's a must win. Just, just in case, just for the fact that Duran is out, that um, Thompson could be out, and you know when it's all said and done. You know, do you really now? Here, I know we were talking about Kellerman and and Iguodala, and he would have Iguodala. Do you think how many times out of ten does Iguodala hit that shot? Four. Probably. So forty percent. You know, I think I think Toronto found something defensively. Um, you know, with the box and one with Curry, and the fact if they could run that box and one against Curry with no Thompson. Are you really going to expect Iguodala to play 35 minutes of good basketball? No, he never plays that much. Well, I'm with Thompson out. He's going to play. Too. No, they'll put they'll put himself. they'll put Quinn in instead. Quinn Cook, whatever the fuck his name is. I I mean, like I said, it's a must win. So with game three of the finals being tomorrow, we got game five of the NHL Stanley Cup transitioning here on Thursday night. Now. Since we last recorded, they played a couple of games. Um, tied 2-2. Uh, the goaltending for St. Louis did not show up on game on for Game 3. And then all of a sudden, he shows up for Game 4. So a little bit of in, 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 inconsistent goaltending from, from the Blues. But Boston suffering a gigantic blow with Char being out. Now they're saying Char might be out for the rest of the Stanley Cup. Wow. Wow. That's some, a big blow. some people are saying he's out indefinitely. Others are saying that he's out for game five. And they're going to evaluate him after game five. Now, he's probably, I would say, the second most important Bruin on that team. Who's first? Tuka. Tuka Rask, their goaltender. The, if the if the Bruins win the cup, Tuka Rask is the consummate winner. It's like um, when they won it last time, uh, Tim Thomas was on fire. That, that whole tournament. You, usually, unless a, a less of defenseman or a forward goes off, 90% of the times, the consummate winner is the goaltender. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to, to argue that, especially if they steal a game here and there. Exactly. Now, if you know what's... And here's a fun fact about the, the Stanley Cup going on, is that the Blues won their first ever home Stanley Cup playoff, Stanley Cup final game in St. Louis. Hmm. So that was a big deal. Um, this is also a series that, you know, I know Matt said gentlemen sweep. I said Bruins in six. And what did you say, Jens? What was your what was your didn't you say Bruins in five? You like the game you like five games for some did reason. Did I say five? Or did you no, you said clean sweep. I did. Yeah, you did because we did record before. Uh, I did, I did. I did say clean sweep. So my prediction is the only one that's left. <clears throat> now with the fact that Chara is out. That means guys like McAvoy and um, what's that other defenseman's name? Which one? Um, the their their third defenseman, Carlo. Carlo and and McAvoy are gonna have to pick up the slack that Charlie's behind. You know, Charles on the back and back nine of his career. He's forty two years old, but like I said, he's the second most important player on that roster. And did you see what he did, Chens, after he got hurt? No. He came back on the bench. He wasn't going to play. He didn't play the entire third period. But he put on a mask. He wore like a fishbowl visor that covers his face and just sat on the bench just to be there for his teammates. Even though he wasn't going to play. What was his injury? A broken jaw. Oh, fuck. He took a puck to the face. Jesus. Blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. Oh, my God. 
blood everywhere. You know, that's the sacrifice you make to win the Stanley Cup. <clears throat> cough, cough. Second hardest. First hardest. <laughs> but, you know, I think that this this is another series. I think this, the Char injury is a huge blow. I think that St. Louis has all the momentum right now going into Game 5. Um, you know that the Garden in Boston is going to be electric, whether Boston wins or loses Game 5. But I think that for the Blues' sake, they have to win Game 5. They have to win Game 5. And I just made another mistake. Game 5 is in Boston. And I think you got to win Game 5. He's going back to St. Louis, but St. Louis has got to win Game 5. they got to go home up 3-2. They have to. I think even if they lose Game 5... Obviously, they got to win Game Six, but I think when you go to Game Seven, anything happens. You know, it, it, it's most likely to be a low-scoring game, and you know, bounce here and there is going to help you. But they have the opportunity now to take this game and take care of business at home. Where I mean, I I'm sure you guys saw there was a who's who in the St. Louis crowd. They were shown between. Jeff Fisher, they had uh, John Hamm, Patrick Mahomes, they got all the celebrities out, and they, you know, the fan base is rabid as it is, mm-hmm. with a, a playoff game that they really haven't seen this late in the season. Brett Hull was even freaking plastered all over the place, wow, yeah. getting into it. So, they're going to be jacked up, and if they have the chance to win the cup at home, it's tough to... Uh, Bruins are bad at it, but that's a tough place to, to win. Yeah, it's uh, tough. They did get that early goal. The the Blues did in Game Four, and that definitely set the tone. And Ryan O'Reilly is just playing like a madman right now, and stepping up. So they they got the shot now. Like you said, the opportunities there. Char being out. We'll see if he plays. They could be playing a little uh, cat and mouse game with the media, seeing if he's going to be ready or not. If he's in there, Boston is looking good. If not. It's a very interesting game five. Well, Char is def. They said he's definitely out for game five. Oh, he definitely is. Oh, wow. He okay. definitely is. You know, so. how many games did Stepan miss when he when he broke his jaw with Prust? Was it a game? He, def- he missed. Cause he scored. He scored a couple of goals in game five when they were. That was one where they were down and came back and then. I think he missed game four. I think it happened in game three. It he- happened. It happened. It definitely happened at the guard. Sure. Yes, so, that yeah. happened at the Garden 100%. That's 100%. Yeah. But, but I think it was only one, if that. You know, I, I think I think that, you know, you're talking about a, a captain, you know, a tough guy, obviously. I think that it's, if at the, I think it's going to be one game. I think he'll be ready to go game six. I think, you know, a broken jaw is not going to stop him from playing in potentially maybe his last Stanley Final Cup game. So, with a chance to win a final Stanley Cup to go out on, even though he's signed for next year. But I, I can't see him sitting out more than a game. If it was an elimination game, he's playing. That's what I think. That's what I think. You know, but, you know, we have a series. You know, it's a three-game series. And anything can happen. That's the thing about hockey. Anything can happen. But let's let's transition now. Chance, what do you want to transition into? What do you want to talk about? 
You want to talk about Keiko? You want to talk about the Yankees real quick? Let's talk about the Yankees really quick. All right. Well, Puma's got to vent about something. <laughs> so, <clears throat> on Sunday night, Clint Frazier, in one inning, had three gaffes in right field. Shandy gaff? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that is, but sure. <laughs> good, good bar. It's a great, great bar. bar. Great bar. So, first, base hit, traditional base hit, goes under his glove, goes to the wall. Turned into a triple, right? Turned into a triple. Next, tough play. You know, the next play was a tough play. Left his feet, ball short, hopped right in front of him. Yeah, he tried He tried to be a hero. He tried to dive. And then the third play, he misreads a fly ball, falls in front of him, and gets by him. Tough day. I think he went... He said, it was the worst day of my career. Like, like he just felt like it was the like. Well... Not, not even statistics-wise. He just said, like, oh, it was the worst day ever. Well, this is what bothers me. Is I understand you're a professional athlete, you're a human being, you have emotions, and sometimes the emotions get the best of everybody. It happens. But, but, you need to face the media. You have to write your own narrative. You can't just, you don't have to talk to the media. I'm not saying he has to, he has every right not to talk to the media. After the game, he refused to talk to the press, and he left. And the Yankees were off yesterday. So we're recording on a Tuesday. So they were off yesterday. And all for the for the last two days, all they talked about was that Clint Frazier wouldn't talk to the media. He finally talks to the media, and he says, I don't regret anything. I don't have to apologize to anybody. He was he's still pissed off about the fact they were talking about his hair two, three years ago. And how the media has treated him and how they painted him as this renegade. Now, like I said, I'm not an athlete. I'm not oh, I am an athlete, but I'm not a professional athlete. And I don't understand I don't know what the pressure's like playing for a, a major league baseball team, especially in New York. You know, I understand how hard we are on them as fans, but I don't understand what it is from their side. So this might be sound a little arrogant and a little ignorant, but he still has to talk to the media. You can't just let it simmer because you want to know something? You're giving the reporter the power to write his own narrative. And he's making your image even worse. So why not take it like a man? Stand in front of your locker and say, yeah, I suck tonight. Yeah, but you just said that he doesn't have to talk to the media. He doesn't have to, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Okay, when Derek Jeter had a bad night, if he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts or made a th- or made a ton of errors in in a, in the game, he'd be in front of his locker talking, answering questions. Not everyone's Derek Jeter. If Mariano Rivera, captain to a kid that's basically a rookie, and Mariano the legend, you can't compare these legends well, to a kid that's still trying to cut his teeth. Well, but the thing is, is that but the thing is, even though he's still trying to cut his teeth, he still wants to endear himself. He still has something to prove to the organization. That he, they, he, when all these guys come back, when Judge and Stanton come back, he deserves to be up on the major league roster right, and not sent back down. You can't blame him for, for. First off, you know he doesn't need the media to paint him as a renegade. He, he, he paints that image on his own, wearing Jordan, Jordan customized Jordan cleats, uh, big, heavy, thick chain, uh, the, just a swagger he carries around, and. We've seen we've seen videos of him in the minors cracking bats over his knees, just getting all all like uh, uh, crazy. 
like really gets angry easily. But you know what? I like I like that attitude about him. I like that he has that. I love his personality. I'm not so saying that. I'm, I'm saying not saying is, that like, he needs to change his personality. I'm just saying though, he he's a young kid, and like you said, you can't imagine the pressure. But dude, imagine the pressure. He's he's he still hasn't guaranteed himself a spot in the outfield. You know what I mean? All these guys are going to come back, and no matter how good he does, he's not going to play every day. That's just fact, you know? But he. But here's the thing. Yeah, I know. You said you, he, he can get some points if he acts well in front of the media, but, but, but he they, has a shit game, cost them, possibly cost them the game against against the biggest rivals on fucking uh, national TV. Dude, of course he's going to be like, fuck out of here, I don't want to talk to you. And I'm glad, you know what, I, you know what I'm glad at? I'm glad he didn't say... Yeah, I really regret not doing that yesterday. No, I'm glad he's like, yeah, I don't regret it. I wouldn't want to fucking talk to anybody. Well, I'm not. I like listen, him doubling down too. It's you got to double down if that. For me, always, I hate saying that I'm wrong, and I also have think about it too. He's a kid that's in a new environment, playing regular minutes now. He has to adjust to that everyday lifestyle of being a professional baseball player and have to tackle the media. That's probably the toughest in America. Mm. That's not easy to just say. You gotta be able to do that. It's not an easy thing to do. And I know you mentioned that you wouldn't know if you were able to do it. I don't know if I could be either. But let the kid play. Let him make the mistakes. Don't ask him the same dumbass questions that all these reporters ask for. Right. They're looking to write their narratives and make a name for themselves yeah. when they really don't have to. I really don't care when when reporters ask these questions. But at the same time, as a player, that's gonna be super frustrating and annoying. Yeah, they don't ask many, any meaningful questions that I can see, and it's mostly to say like, "Well, I want to control what gets out from my newspaper or my website," and for what? Because they want they want to make a name for themselves. Get out of here! I don't right. I don't buy that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, like he he DH today, and Boone was on with uh, Susan Waldman pregame saying that it was a matchup decision. Right, that uh, he'd rather have Maben in the outfield. You know, is there is there a coincidence that Frazier's not in the outfield tonight? Well, like like I like, like yeah. I was gonna say is in Frazier's defense, Frazier's not a right fielder, and uh-huh. they're saying that he's at the ballpark early, trying to get better defensively. He knows he needs to get better defensively in right field, but you know, as an outfielder. And I played outfield in high school. I played outfield for a long time. You know, there's a big difference between left and field and right field. I hated playing left field because the tail is different. The ball comes off the bat differently. It's a different read. And if if you grew up playing center field and right field, and all of a sudden now you have to play left in a pinch, it's tough. Yeah. So all you know, all I and that, all that going on. And well, listen. All I'm saying is, is I love Frazier. And by me saying what I'm saying, it doesn't mean I don't like the kid. No, I know that. I think the kid, I love his personality. I love the fact that he, he is confident all the time. You know, he doesn't, he, he knows his ability and he believes in himself. That's gigantic. But, like I said, he's one of, he was the centerpiece of the Andrew Miller deal. Mm-hmm. He had so much hype around him. And I understand he's young, and I understand that. But he's this, I think he's either a year younger or close to the same age as Judge. And he needs 
to grow up a little bit. And all the intangibles, all the emotions, I understand that. But I just want him to be here. I don't want him, the Yankees, to have an excuse to send him down or or trade him. There was an article today the Yankees might trade him because of his immaturity. Schwarber just hit a home run, by the way. So, you know, I think in retrospect of the whole thing, I'm thinking, you know, you have to double down when you don't talk to the media. I understand that. And I understand why he didn't double down. I'm not saying he had to apologize. And he was up front and he needs to be up front. But at the same time, baseball is a game of failure. You're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. And you need to be able to face your failure and stand in front of that microphone, even though, like I said, I don't know how hard it is. But just own it. Just own it. Just say, listen, I sucked. I'm not talking about it anymore. Done. Done. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm you get what I'm saying? I I it's it's Yeah, I do, it's, but yeah, but would you rather him say next question, next question, next question, right. uh, Marshawn Lynch style? Right, right, which right. one do you think is better? Well, this is the thing. And I was listening to the pre the pregame too, and Jack Curry um said that, you know, in that clubhouse, you know, it's a whole different environment. And in the clubhouse, players want don't want stories or negative publicity dragging on for 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 days. You know, nip it in the bud, make it last one day, and then it's over with. When you don't talk to the media and you avoid it, and then you talk to them three or four days later, they're still talking about that story instead of moving on to the next series. Maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of with Matt. Like, would you rather him stand there, say, "Yeah, I sucked. Let's move on. Talk about something else," and they keep bringing it up, and he'll just say, "Next question." I don't want. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. And you, you know, that's showing. Are... That's showing frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna pester him until they give him until they give him or until he gives them what they want. Maybe he if next time he addresses the media, they bring up something like that. He's like, "Listen, that was like a week ago." I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm talking about... And he could say, like, I'm talking about tonight's game. If you have a question about tonight's game, I'll gladly answer it, because that's what I'm focused on. That that looks better. Well, now, that, now how's it going to look? He had a home run tonight. Yeah. Is he going to stand in front of his locker and talk to the media today because he had a home run? Depends if he's still heated about it or not. I mean... But you get what again, I'm saying? You can't... Yeah, do, I know. Yes. You, you can't, know... I, I hear what you're saying. You can't not... You can't avoid the media when you have a bad day, right? But he didn't have a, he didn't have a bad day. He had a really fucking bad day. Mm-hmm. He fucked the game up for them. And like I said, all this pressure that he's under, I don't blame him for not wanting to talk. Like you said, he, at the end of the day, he doesn't have to talk to them. And he can choose for the rest of his career to never talk to the media ever. Good game or a bad game, you know? You know, you've seen, I mean, I know we were talking about YouTube before and you guys are, you know, Chen's is a YouTube junkie. No, no, no. When it comes, no, no, to, no, no, when no. It comes to YouTube poop. No, 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 no. But. You're wrong. How am I wrong? Matt is literally the fucking origin of, of YouTube poop. Okay. Oh, that's my brother. Okay, the fine, there. fine, yes. yes. But you're still hooked on, is my point. I, you the, had your girlfriend concerned. The amount, the amount of videos I have are, are, are a fucking fraction of what Eric has. <laughs> so and that, and that has been passed down to Matt, who just still doesn't have as many. My point is, is that if you go on YouTube and you look for the right things, you can find that there's... So many altercations with managers and players, with the media, and how... I remember Strahan 
was in front of his locker and he was like, look me in the eye when you talk to me because I want to know who writes the crap that you write about me and take my words out of context. You know, sometimes the media, the media and player relationship is so fragile and, you know, it's tough to play a game and then have to have microphones in your face. You can't just worry about the game. There's such a, there's a media aspect to, to professional sports, even college sports now. But, you know, it's, it's difficult to see a young player who's viewed as a cornerstone of the core that you want to build around that's going to win multiple championships to go through something like that and handle it that way. You know, because let's go through the bench that they have right now. Who's on the bench? Mabin, Estrada, Romine, and who am I missing? That's it. Three-man bench. That's it. And you have the extra outfield, another outfielder, and Frazier, Gardner, and whoever. And Morales. So, Judge comes back. They're going to send Estrada down. Estrada's going to go down. I would see the, I'd rather them get rid of Morales, but that's another argument. Well, the only well, I could see them getting designating Morales for assignment too, because then you could put Lemayu at first base. Mm-hmm. Morales is going to be the next one gone. So now you can have a you can designate you could option a relief pitcher back down and carry a fourth p- player on the bench, but it's going to come to a decision where are you going to pick between Cameron Mabin or Clint Frazier? Clint Frazier. Now. Clint Frazier. But that's not that easy of a decision. Why? Mabin can play both corner outfield positions better than Frazier can. And he has productive at-bats. And he's got speed. What? Speed. Oh, he's got speed. Yeah. And he's got speed. Yeah, but but so Mabin's not somebody that you're investing your future in. No. But now go and then okay, but now here's the other question that I heard. When next year, what if Urshela hits over 300? Are you going to trade Andujar? Or are you going to keep? Are you going to keep Urshela? Or are you going to have a battle with Andujar and Urshela who went third base? What are you going to do? It's the same thing. It's just next year in spring training. So, what are you going to do when you have to decide between Clint Frazier, a renegade, or a MLB veteran and Cameron Mabin? MLB veteran. He was fucking. He wasn't even on a team before the Yankees got him. He, they traded for him. No, they signed him. Uh, yeah, they signed, I thought they traded no, for Cameron Mabin. No, they signed him. He, they picked he hadn't him, they, played anywhere this year. They picked him up off the street. Let's go to the Google machine on that one. I'm going fact right check. to Google on that one. I'm fact checking it. I could have swore they got it. They trade. They, they he was traded. Um, but my point is, it's still regardless if he was traded or not. No, it's because yes, he was. He signed with the Indians in March. He was released by the Giants on March 23rd. He signed as a free agent with the Indians in on March 29th, and the Yankees purchased his contract from the Indians. So they bought him for cash. Yeah. For cash. So they, they traded money from. They bought him. So my point is, is he has no option. So you're gonna have to designate him for assignment. So would you rather lose Cameron Mabin and designate him? Yeah. And keep Clint Frazier? Yes. Who, who only can play left field? Yes. Because you know they're not going to... Yes, because next year Garner's gone and now there's your left fielder. Boom. Problem solved. But now Frazier has options. You can option him back down to AAA. But why would you do that? You gave him a taste of the big leagues. My, but that's it's not an easy decision. No, I know it's not. Well, 
No, to me it is. Yes, Cameron maybe he did the job for when we needed him. Right? We got a lot of guys injured, picked him up. He he did his job. Played great outfield. He had good at bats like you said, but even with even with this skeleton squad, he's not seeing everyday action. Cuz they're putting Frazier in right. Right. Which that's fine with. Like Matt, you got to let the kid fucking play and learn. I understand, and that's true. And we've had him. We've had him for a couple of years now. When are you gonna? When are you gonna just keep him up? I think you also have the luxury now of letting him play because there yeah. are the injuries. He yeah, was always exactly. blocked because of X, Y, and Z. Exactly. X, Y, and Z aren't there now. Let him play through it. Yeah. Let him see. It. Does he have the the balls? Does he have the mentality to get through? He's had a rough patch. No one. Yeah. Can, you know, let's see how. Let's game. see how he gets no out of it. A rough patch. Can it, then that's really when you can judge. Is he? made for this league or not is he something that we can build around yeah great point because if if you don't know if you just keep saying back and forth you have no rhythm you know as a pitcher you gotta be in a rhythm if you're not a rhythm you're not gonna be successful that's true I mean like I said this is all these points are good points you know and I'm not saying I'm not saying I would pick Cameron Maidman over Frazier I'm just saying there's a decision they have to make of course you know and honestly I would rather have Frazier because he's a homegrown Yankee he's ours Mm. Debatable. He didn't play an inning for Cleveland. He didn't. No. Yeah, I, no. He was. He was a young gun. I thought he played it at least. No. At he was some at level. No. Well, he he played in their minor league system. Right. But he would I mean. never played a game for the Cleveland Indians. Okay. Right. Majorly, he never put on the Cleveland Indian okay. uniform. All right. Fine. He was a prospect when they traded for him. Just like Glaber. Glaber's a homegrown Yankee, even though he got drafted the by the Cubs. Cubs. Yes. You know they're your boys. They were in your minor league system, and you called them up. They Greg, made Greg thing. Bird, the only the only true homegrown. Judges, Judge was drafted by the Judge. Yankees. I'm, I'm just trying to get you riled up with Greg Bird. You know, Miguel Andujar. Yeah, Chen's unrelated. To yeah, this somewhat related. Do you know Aaron Maben is Cameron Maben's cousin? Aaron Maben. Yeah. Aaron Maben. Oh come on! Don't do this. Hold on a second. Puma, do you know Aaron Maben? I'd be I'd be shocked if you knew and Chen's didn't. No, I don't know who Aaron, Aaron Maven Aaron is. Aaron Maven. Sounds like a college, wait, some type of college Penn, player. Penn State football. Yes. That's what I was about to uh, say. Oh wait, hold on. What position? Uh, Defensive end. Oh yes. He was the first round pick by the Bills in two thousand eight. Oh. And uh, he was a bust, but the Jets like picked him up, and he ended up uh, leading the team in sacks one year. And yeah. I cop cop my brother cop that jersey for me because he was Penn State player. You know I. Uh, I, I didn't follow college football at all until I got to Penn State, and I only chose Penn State because I went there. So my first Penn State jersey was da- was Daryl Clark. Nice. Yeah, had to. But anyway, that was that was the little tidbit that I saw. On That's cool. Wiki when I was looking at that trade, but but yeah, I think we uh, you know we had some diverse points there about Frazier being mature there and. and Hopefully the Yankees. I mean, I trust Cashman to make the right decision. How about you guys? I, I yeah, 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 definitely. I don't think they're going to trade him because of this. I think they're going to see it as growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I think now I, this is what I think. I think next time something like that happens, I think that he will speak to the media, only because the Yankees will say, "Listen, like this is the way we do things here," and you could be, you can have your personality. That's fine with us, but just you know. Just be there, be there for us when you have a bad game, not just when you have a good game. So I think that if it happens again, he will speak. You know, you will, you'll see him in right field. He'll probably play right field tomorrow. Um, now, 
uh, quick free agent talk. Now, the MLB draft was today and yesterday, and congratulations to all of the high school and college players that got drafted um, in this draft. Um, they've taken another step in fulfilling their dreams. Um, a dream that I had that didn't pan out, obviously. But now with the draft happening, there's two free agents that are wide open to be signed. Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. Now, the Yankees are front runners with the Braves to sign Keuchel. And Kimbrell has a ton of teams tagged to him. The Dodgers, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Red Sox. Um, now, they can be signed without a compensation pick. So I looked up what that actually meant. So a compensation pick is more than just a pick. If they went, if some team signed them and they were over the luxury tax, they lost their third best draft pick and international spending money. If the signing brought them over the luxury tax, I think they lost their fourth pick and $500,000 of bonus money. And I think if it was just a regular signing that didn't bring them over the luxury tax, it was just a draft pick. So these teams that these guys would have went to, you know, these guys were going to go to contenders. They weren't just going to go to a rebuilding team. They didn't want to give up that international spending money. Because you know something? As much as I watched the draft... You know, a lot of these players come from the international side of the ball. You know, they're coming from the, the, the they're coming from Dominican. They're coming from Cuba, Cuba, Venezuela. Um, so, you know, I can understand that. So now, now that the draft is complete, they're free to sign wherever they're free to sign anywhere, and they don't the teams that sign them don't have to give up a pick. Now, should the Yankees sign Keuchel? Is that something that it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Yeah, be crazy I, not to. Yeah, right. I, I see no no harm coming out of that at all. Because if you really think about it, as much as good as the starters have been, you know, Tanaka tonight gave up four runs, but he kept the team in the game. You know, Paxton came back Shit, from injury. Um, CC's pitching on one knee. Um, and Severino is supposed to come back after the All-Star break. So you have all these question marks and uncertainties in your starting rotation. Why not add a former Cy Young Award winner who is left-handed, who can give you innings and can give you some sustainability in the rotation. So I think that it's a smart signing. You know, one year at a pro-rated $18 doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. No, not at all. It's a great value for that guy. Now, Kimbrell is more of a, a more of a wild card. He can don't, go anywhere. Don't need him. No, the Yankees don't need him. You know, you got Patances coming back. Patances is going to finally pitch the batters tomorrow. Um, but that bull, the Yankee bullpen is loaded, and the they don't need uh, Kimbrell. But I could see Kimbrell going to the Cubs. I could see him going to Milwaukee. Mm. Um, but. One team that is a that's really going to push for him is the Dodgers. Now, if if Kimbrel wants to pitch the eighth inning in front of Jansen, he'll go to the Dodgers. But I don't think Kim, Kimbrel's not going to do that. He wants to close. Now, another place that makes sense for him is Atlanta. Young team, good team. Pitched there before. 
pitched there for four. He well, that's where he was. He started his career there. Mm-hmm. You know, can go back home and help the Braves make the playoffs and make a push. Sometimes you have to go back to go forward. They say yes, but many people say that. You know, now what does he sign for? That's up to be debated. But you know, I could see I could see him signing a one year deal. I don't think he'll get a multi year deal. So go to an immediate contender. Of course, you know. That's what the th- the thing about these two guys is that outside of their asking price, like Kim, uh, Keiko was asking for six to seven years of like twenty five to thirty million. He wasn't yeah. going to get that. No shot. You know. Now, if you sign a, a Keiko or Kimbrel to a one year deal, they have to reprove themselves for next year's free agency to get signed. Now. Does the, do these guys go to places that they can contend and only play for one year? Or do they go to a place where they think they can sign an extension? Now, you're going to lose CC next year. CC's retiring. Would you guys be opposed if Keiko signed an extension with the Yankees and took CC's spot in the rotation? Depends on the price. Yeah, right. Depends depends on, of price. course, it always depends on the price. But is that something that that's, makes sense? Now... Well, again, you have chance. You have chance items. Right. It depends how you he have, does. Depends on how the young guys are looking. I don't know because Keiko's numbers since that sound don't really jump out. Right. As something that would be, you know, a no-brainer. Right. That it used to be. Right. Exactly. But I mean, this year I I think they'd be foolish not to make the push for him. And they, I was just read an article before we jumped on that the Yankees believe that. He wants to be there too. So the match is there. The Yankees are definitely interested. Make it happen. Yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Really, yeah. At this point, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen. He wants to go to a big market. I saw. I think I saw the same article. And you know, he was 20 and eight when he won the Cy Young. He had a, you know, he had a two point. I think it was like two point four ERA, something like that. And then he came back. He came out of the gate. He was nine and twelve. And last year, last year he was serviceable. I mean, he was twelve and eleven with a three point seven, um, you know, serviceable. Two through two hundred innings, you know, gave you gave you stability, gave you length. I mean, it uh, it's a no brainer for me. You got get it done. You know, get him in. The faster you get him in, the faster you get him on the field. You know, I mean, he's been pitching in simulated games. He can he's up to a hundred pitches. But he's going to have to start a game or two uh, in the minors before he can join the rotation. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that we're, we're not mentioning here is he's willing to shave the beard. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. Like, like I, I said it a couple episodes ago, it could be like, uh, you know, uh, a restarter for him, like a reverse Samson thing. Cuts his, like Samson cut his hair and lost his strength. Keiko cuts his, shaves his beard, regains his powers. Who knows? He's more aerodynamic. It makes sense. Yep. You know, I mean, it's funny that that remember that closer, Brian Wilson. Yeah. He didn't. Rage. He didn't want to go to the Yankees because he didn't want to shave his beard and his fucking little ponytail yeah, a, that he had his beard. He was a fucking. You want to know crazy? He was fucking, he was fucking nuts. That's, that's when Tim Lincecum was was the best thing on on planet Earth too. And then look what happened to him. Look at remember that. Look at that Giants bullpen. They had Sergio Romo and Brian Wilson. Like that's nuts. Yeah, Lincecum. And Kane, Kane, yep. Matt Kane, oh, and uh, Barry Zito was Zito. Uh, and, uh, Jake Peavy. Jake you always like Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy on those Giants teams. Um, you know, 
and also too another thing we're, we're we can bring up now is we're about a, about two months from the deadline. Teams are going to start looking to make deals. Uh, speaking of the Giants, I can see Mad Bum getting dealt. Um, I actually see him going to Atlanta. Wow. I think Atlanta... Were they, were they on that list of teams that he would veto to? Because basically, people looked at that list and got confused at first, and, and he put all the contenders on there. And it was at the end Oh, the come on! Fuck. Sorry. Yankees yeah, just lost. That pitch was uh, right there. That was a know, hanging slider. I know. We should have fucking crushed that. You know, but some of these, some some of these deals, some of these, there's some big time players that are um, going to be on the trading block. Um, you talk about me cutting off. He was explaining something. Was he? <laughs> no. Yeah. But Bumgarner was basically he he put all the contenders on his no trade list so that he could pick and choose which contender he wants to go to. Exactly. Which is smart, and people didn't realize that first. Like, why he doesn't want to go to the Red Sox or the Yankees? It was like, no, he wants to pick the situation where he sees himself winning a World Series. So you know, I don't think the Yankees are going to be in on him, especially if they sign Keiko. Um, like I said, I think he goes to Atlanta. I think Atlanta needs another starter, a starter with experience, a starter that can pitch a big game. I still think he has it in him to pitch a big game in the playoffs. Um, and. Another giant that might get dealt is Brendan Belt. Um, I can actually see him going to Tampa Bay. Um, they're for, they don't have a even though they have G Man Choi at first base, they don't outside of Austin Meadows, they don't hit a lot of home runs. They don't have any power. Um, I think Brendan Belt's a good fit in Tampa Bay. Um, there's a plethora of uh, relievers that might get dealt, um, like a Mark Melanson, another giant that can get dealt. You got to remember. I, I saw a stat. In the last two years, the Giants are 60 games under 500. Wow. That's crazy. They had such a good run in the, those late, you know, the early two, 2010s decade. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I could, you know it's it's crazy because that core just got old. You know, Posey's in his mid-30s now. You know, Bumgarner's not who he used to be. They have no bullpen. Uh, you know, they have Pan- Panda came back, but he's not the same player that he was when he won the MVP. Um, but in the World Series, not league MVP. But, you know, the Giants are going to be sellers. The Mariners are going to be sellers. They already traded Jay Bruce to Philadelphia. McCutcheon is out for the year with an ACL injury. Um, so that, that actually, you know, in retrospect, um, you know, it's kind of, they had the foresight to make that deal. Um, D Gordon's going to get dealt. I don't know where they're going to deal him to. Um, they're also looking to deal um, uh, that their first baseman, Santana, another switch hitter, for, switch hitting first baseman that could find a home in a, for a contender. Um, maybe like Colorado. Um, so, you know, adds another bat behind Arenado that could protect Arenado. So, you know, there's a bunch of players that are going to be available in the next couple of months that we're going to be talking a lot about. And outside of the free agents that can be signed, um, you know, you, you know who's another free agent that nobody's talking about is Big Sexy. Still hasn't retired yet. There was a rumor, and I got all excited that he signed with the Tigers, but it was false, and I had it sad after that. <laughs> came back in the league. You know, I don't know if he's ever coming back. I think he's done. Well, not with that attitude, guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, when does when does the Women's World Cup start this week? Friday. Woohoo! Got to go back to back. 
You think they will? They're the number one team. They gotta. Dude, uh, the, the, so the only reason I could see them slipping is if they don't win their group. And I think they would be matched up with uh, France, I, w- I was hearing. And France is the host country. Or maybe maybe it wasn't. Uh, they would be potentially like in the next round after. They basically they want to avoid France at all costs because they would give them a tough match and being the host country, right. that home field advantage is very key. Right, you never want to go against that. Yeah. But that's, that's exciting to watch. I, I remember I watched... Which one was it? 2000... When they won? No, 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 no. Um, 2011? 2011? With, when Andy Wambach scored, like, a bazillion goals that y- tournament? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah. Who'd they beat in that final? They beat... Last year? They beat... Didn't they beat Korea? No, they, they beat the crap out of Japan. Japan. It oh. wasn't even close. It was over, like, in the 20th minute. Carly Lloyd had a ridiculous chip from midfield, and that just kind of set the tone for the whole uh, for the whole game. Italy's got some. Italy's got some baby girls on their team. I was trying to. I was trying to show Austin. He wasn't feeling it. <laughs> well, Austin is particular, but uh, Italy has produced some some good players. Yeah. They, are uh, they even? Are they even? Uh, what are they ranked? Favorite. What are they? What are they ranked in in terms of the world standings? I'm not, I, I know a little. I don't know the rankings of each team, but they are of better standing right now than they were. I don't even think they made the last World Cup, but oh, right. Italy definitely would be a team to watch out for uh, that could make some noise right, cool. in this tournament. So, and especially they, they do have a lot of players from Fiorentina and Roma. So they, we got they do. interest there. They do. They do. Fiorentina women's team is is very good from what I barely know, but I always see um, their Instagram page posting stuff about them and they like winning a lot, winning a lot more than the men. The men suck. And speaking of the Fiorentina men, sad news. I really hope it's not true, but I think it is. Uh, Juventus. Sha-na-na-na. Yeah, dude. Sha-na-na-na. See you later. Is it true? It sounds like it. Ah. So basically, Puma, the only reason why Chens would ever want to watch his team play, other than the love for it, is their best player. He's a treat to watch, and he might be joining the ultimate team that no one likes in Italy other than their own fans. And apparently apparently there's a rivalry between Fiorentina and Juventus. Meanwhile, they've sold them their best player... Every year, it for seems the past like. Three years. Um, yeah, dude, they made a statement yesterday. I was telling you, they they made a statement that it said the current owners uh, plan to keep Chiesa here. He's got a contract with them, so he'll be here next year. Meanwhile, they just go off and they agree to it. And what is it, five million a year they give him? It's always gonna be more because they can afford to their bigger team, their own I, stadium. I know, but like, how much do they? How much are they paying for them? Like, I feel like, I feel like Fiorentino always gets fucked in these deals, especially by Juventus. Like, I, I don't even think they spent a lot on Bernardeschi. Like, I think it was like maybe fifty, maybe. I mean, no, definitely worth more than that, considering his youth, his talent, um, and the fact that you shouldn't sell him for a lot to the best team in fucking Italy. I don't know. 
Doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, Puma had to take a quick phone call. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, that, I was wondering, I'm like, when is he going to jump in about soccer? What, no. Anyway, but it's uh, it's a good time to be a soccer fan with the Women's World Cup coming up. It, they're fun to watch. It's not like other sports that I necessarily don't have an interest in. I love watching the women's team because yeah. they play such a good style of soccer. They do. That I think even the men's team could take note of because they play such organized style and this team is humming and they're coming in pretty strong from these pre-World Cup games as well and it's it's a changing of the guard too you you don't out is at Abby Wambachs and, and the older team the players Who, that you would see who's like the face of the team right now is it more, um, uh, Morgan whatever what was her name uh, Morgan yeah she's still there yeah she's still banging in goals but is she like uh, the face I would argue her and Rampone. Um, Rampone, Megan Rampone yeah. The, yeah. yeah they're, Megan Rampone on, on the day is probably, for my money, probably the, the best USA player right now that they have. Um, Rapino, not Rampone. Rapino. I was going to say. Yeah, I was saying that wrong. Uh, you know, she had that ACL surgery a few years ago, and she's definitely come back to form. Uh, is Hope Solo still a keeper? No, no. She's she After her outburst in the Olympics... Oh. She uh, she was not invited back. She basically trashed. Um, USA lost to Sweden in the Olympics, and she made a big stink because basically Sweden parked the bus, got a, a, a goal off a, a counter, and the USA was you know pumping in shots, not to no avail, and she made a big stink. Well, only one team was trying to win, and it's just like oh god, maybe that was their style of play. Teams have certain strategies that are meant to neutralize a team like USA it's a giant right right you right you can't play your style because it might not necessarily you know, that's feeding into their system of just domination right so if you come in there with a, a different style a different way of playing it screws up the big teams and yep. obviously with USA and she was just salty that you know they couldn't get a goal damn 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 but alright it's, it's one thing that we can hopefully hang our hat on another World Cup would be great hopefully the men take note and and follow suit, but oh, yeah, they gotta um, they gotta get on this ship, man. Yeah. Well, th- speaking of today, U twenties. Yeah. Big oh, yeah. Upset Huge upset France. against against France. Yeah, I didn't see the game, but how'd they look? It, so they scored. USA scored the twenty fifth minute, and right. they you know Nick went off there, and and they were right after that goal. France just poured it on. They scored again before half to make France scored to make it one one. And then again, in the early in the second half, and, and I texted my friend at work. I'm like, "That's it! Like, they, had, they got our hopes up. You know, they didn't, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't fold as quickly as I thought they were. You know, they, they put up a fight long enough, and it was a good run. But little did I know that they had more tricks up their sleeve. And uh, Sebastian Soto, the guy who scored in the 25th minute, right. comes back, makes a nice uh, shot on goal again. Falling on his on his backside and still managed to get it past the keeper, and then uh, Justin Rennix, the New England Revolution product, wow, scores on a, a nice spilled ball from a certain keeper that you might be familiar with. And, uh, <laughs> oh God! Just, <laughs> I'm not mentioning. It just names. keeps getting. It just keeps going. <laughs> Double sided right now. I'm no, no fun. No fun. USA is now in a good position. I, I, I like their draw. The, the draw is wide open for them to go right to that final. 
So they have Ecuador, who has been Uruguay, uh, which was a group winner, group stage winner that went the perfect 3-0, it was just like France. So two uh, group winners bowing out in the first knockout stage. Nice. And it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, 11.20 on, on Saturday, you guys can tune in. would be uh, a, a good way to get your soccer fix in now that the uh, Champions League and Europa League are over. Support our, our, our boys. And then uh, you got the uh, women's as well. So Yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of good soccer coming up. I like it. And the Gold Cup this summer, too. So you got a lot of, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of soccer to consume. But, you know, and it's, it's caused a lot of stink, I know, on soccer Twitter about the fact that the Gold Cup final is the same day as the Women's World Cup. Oof. And CONCACAF president was like, oh, that was an oversight, which is a bunch of BS. Hmm. That was definitely meant to try and take it away. And it's just garbage. That, that should never happen. Right. The women, this is the, this is the biggest stage for the women. It's not like this is It's a ratings crap. The ratings do really well, especially for uh, a sport that doesn't isn't as popular as it is overseas. Mm-hmm. And it's a women's sport, to be honest, you know, the facts that they don't draw well in yeah. TV ratings, but the women's soccer is definitely an exception. Look at these Nike ads. You got yeah, yeah. all these freaking phenomenal commercials that they have coming out supporting the team, and you have all these big companies that are, are putting all their right foot forward, and then to have CONCACAF schedule this Gold Cup is just absolute trash and garbage. Why is there and so much like fuckery in soccer? It is. It, it's, I don't understand. It it's always the case. Like, <laughs> like it, it always, like no matter where, like, what league, what what level, like yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Out of, out of the, the, the abyss of just fuckery and, and bribery and and, <laughs> yeah. and nope, it sucks you right back in. They, I, I don't get it. It really is just mind boggling. I mean, I we, you know, from like Serie A, probably arguably one of the most corrupt leagues in the fucking world. Uh, then, like, CONCACAF is is the overseeing governing body of USA, Mexico, Canada, uh, Central America, right? Uh, so- South America or no? What do you mean? Is CONCACAF South America? No, that's, uh, that's another federation. It says Central America, North America, the Caribbean. Right, okay. So, the, you're in charge of all these, all these companies, uh, countries. This is like, this is top level shit and you're making a stupid error like that you know like you said inexcusable but there's definitely some some bullshit going on right. I don't get I it more bullshit I got let's go this, I heard, I read this today. bring the bullshit about fuckery in soccer I, I, I'm probably butchering this name but Valladolid oh Valladolid Valladolid did you hear about this no Valladolid versus Valencia on the final day of La Liga was fixed, says the judge. <laughs> so Valencia needed to win to make Champions League. They need to get it fourth. Okay. Valladolid was already safe. They were out of relegation. They weren't getting relegated. Okay. And they said that up to seven players were involved. Police have wiretaps for the past six months. Wow. Um, so they, they caught this guy from... Uh, Huesca well, there was, sorry it was a game between Huesca and this other team which I'm not going to try and pronounce just uh, come on come on come on what is it Gymnastica de Tarragona oh there you go nice the Cuban coming so, out on you so, right exactly yeah play both sides uh, <laughs> so Valladolid was already is that what I'm saying Valladolid <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, I think it's Valladolid Valladolid, Valladolid. Valladolid. a lot better yeah, because uh, double Valladolid 
was already secured survival the week before. Okay. And uh, so Valencia beat them 2 nothing. Getafe couldn't qualify. So they're saying that Valencia players didn't know, but they were the the two goals that they conceded were were definitely suspect. Uh, two fuck ups, the two definitely uh, goals you wouldn't see given up. So uh, wow, it's a bad bad look for soccer here. But hopefully we can look past that and look about the good that's coming up in in these next couple of days and weeks. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I know I was watching the Champions League final and it. it Looked like it was going to be a great game. Oh. First minute, and uh, after that, it all went downhill. It was it, you would think after the goal was scored in the, in the second minute, the penalty, the game would open up a bit. Yeah, but it, it didn't produce any bit of magic until Origi scored in the 87 minute there at the end. I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't get the chance to watch. I had to work, but I heard it was a terrible, terrible game. Yeah, considering it was considering boring. all like the 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 all the crackers that you saw mm-hmm. uh, in the previous rounds. That's 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 disappointing. But not, I'm really not surprised, man. Tottenham is not – they don't come off as an exciting team. Liverpool, yes. No, I wouldn't say that. Tottenham, Tottenham as much as I hate them, you know, we both hate them. I think they definitely do play. They got the players that, that can definitely produce some magic. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't there for them that day. Uh, yeah, I guess, it's, I guess it's Liverpool would know how to play them. You, when you have a plan and you gotta abandon it, literally a minute into the game, that's true. It's tough. That's so true. I, I would have liked, you know, the result. But if the second, the first goal happened, maybe in like the 56th minute or somewhere where I could see both teams playing what they want to play and see what the game could have produced, because you had two great offenses and you had two teams that were very familiar with each other, obviously playing each other twice throughout the year in the, in the league, but. At the end of the day, good defeated evil. All is good in the world. Hmm. We cheered maybe six or seven times at the bar that we were at before the wedding. I attended on Saturday to fuck Tottenham and Tottenham losing. Nice. So definitely uh, the cheers were heard. Soccer gods looked upon us and smiled. And Tottenham's going to Tottenham. That was basically the end, the, uh, the gist of that, that game. So, Side note. Have you ever been to McSorley's in, uh, in the city? Yes. You have? Yeah, I went there uh, a couple months ago with uh, a couple of the guys that I was with this weekend. I I went there for the first time yesterday, and I was blown away by by everything. The decor, mm-hmm. uh, the two-for-six deal, mm-hmm. but probably the best thing about it all is when the guy came up to me and asked me what I wanted to drink. Mm-hmm. All he I said was, say. light or dark? Exactly. And I said, fuck it, dark. Yeah. That's it. They only have beer. And it's light or dark. That's it. What'd you think? It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I heard they make it in-house. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's probably my favorite place. That's my favorite. I mean, <laughs> listen, you get two, you get two little pints for six bucks, cash only. Yep. Um, You get two options. The place has been around for, since 1854. Um, it's a good old time. That's a good old fashioned bar. That's what you need. Yeah, I just can't wait to experience a real Irish pub when I go. I'm I'm pumped. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, don't pull up. But when you do there, make sure you talk when you enter. Make sure you you your American accent is out. I only see this from experience. 
I don't know if I, I think I told you the story, but when Eric and I were in Ireland last May when he got engaged, uh-huh. we were, it was a Wednesday night, it was the day of the Europa League final actually last year, and we walk in and, you know, he just got engaged with, with Neve and me and him, I said, I have a pint of Guinness. I'm in Ireland only like 36 hours, legitimately only 36 hours, I want my pint of Guinness. So we go to the bar, again, you would think bars popping, it was very dead. It was just what four or five. Red- also, I should track track back a little bit. The bar that we went to was Neve's hometown in Limerick, and it was it was you know a it's small town. It's nothing like a big city like Dublin. It's a neighborhood so bar. It's a neighborhood bar, right? You're not gonna. It's not gonna be hustling and bustling on Wednesday anywhere you go. So we got dropped off by his brother in law. We walk in just me and him, and the four Irish regulars turn around and turn their heads, look at us and go right back to their beers. And we're like, okay. So we go to the bar and I go, can I get two Guinness please? And the bartender pours me drinks and we go sit on the other side of the bar, which we can't see them. So then Neve and her sister and a couple of friends come, you know, we get a little more lively, have a great night, go home. The next day, Eric's future father, current father-in-law, goes to the bar, the same bar, and says, oh, did you guys see my uh, future son-in-law and his brother? And they go, oh, that was them? We thought they were in the mafia. So I was like, what? (laughs) Couldn't believe it. I was like, we didn't, I guess, the way we're standing or something, but we didn't say anything to begin with, but they just assumed that for some reason the the mafia had come to Limerick and they were out, we were out to get them, but... Uh, if we if we do make it back there, I can hopefully say that we come in peace. I, I'd like to buy you a drink. I don't want to have uh, have you guys think that we're the mafia is here and wow. time to collect some money. So wow, all right. Yeah. So I'll I'll take note of that. I'll definitely make sure I go. I come in, uh, come in talking and leave singing. Yes, exactly. Well, you know uh, I gotta you, break you out got the songs. advantage. You got the advantage. You could start singing with them and yeah, I, I do. And, I just uh, that would be amazing if if I got so smashed. That I was like, I'm gonna sing everyone a song, and I just start breaking out the songs that I know, and everyone joins in. I, uh, oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Anyway, sure. anyway, Puma's still out, so we're just gonna we're just gonna continue on here. We're gonna get the we'll, we'll get the topics that he doesn't want to talk about or, or touch upon. We can do French Open. Now. All right, French Open, fine. Fuck it. Yeah, French Open. That's French Open as shit. All right. Uh, what do we got? Quarterfinals, right? Uh, Some, yeah, a couple of the semis already determined for, from the women's side. Is, uh, is Key still in it? Madison Keys is still in it. She's got a matchup against Barty in the quarterfinal matchup. She's the uh, only American left, unfortunately, because Sloan lost in straight sets. To, so she got upset by Conta. So, uh, you know, that's our, our normally... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Anissa Moffa. An- Anissa Moffa. I never heard of her. American. No, she's playing Halep in the other quarterfinal. And if, and if the both Americans meet, they'd, they'd meet in the semis. Nice. So, so we got... We got that going for us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking about it before, earlier, that uh, kind of surprising you had two of the well-known players in uh, Osaka and Serena upset earlier in the matchup, in the, uh-huh. in the tournament, which is... Osaka's, Osaka, uh, I mean, probably still is number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, she, she actually had a, a decently tough matchup in the second round with uh, Azarenka. Hmm. Who, who's used to be up there yep. as, as a contender, and then uh, 
yeah, she got upset by unranked player in the in the third round in, in straight sets, and she even struggled in, in the first match, uh, first game that she had too in the first round. She lost a, a love six set, so there was something. I don't know if she's injured or, or whatnot, but there was definitely something there, and she just wasn't able to, to pull it together and get on the runs that she normally can. So quarterfinals, a uh, couple of the Americans, like we said, and then the uh, the others, the semifinals already set on the other side of the bracket. Contos uh, that had already beaten Stevens and this Vondrosuva, who is unranked, uh, also in the semis. So that's uh, always good to see some new faces in there. Yeah, yeah, play. I like that. How about the men? What do we got there? The men, men, we had a, a juicy all switch. Obviously, obviously, yeah, dude, that was a good, that was a good fucking match. I was trying to tell Puma, I was like, tennis. I, I really got to appreciate it last summer. Like I was telling you when I was watching uh, World Cup and Wimbledon at the same time. Mm-hmm. Tennis is like as as one v one of a sport as it gets. You know, it's just you and one other person, and you gotta right. you, have to, you have to try to you have to outdo them in so many ways. You gotta try to outpower them. You have to try and outsmart them. You have to try and outlast them with your endurance. Outrun them with you know getting to the tough balls. It's like there's so many elements involved. Um, I, I like I never really appreciated all the complexities that tennis offers until I was really watching it. And it made me think of a question that I was going to save until the end, but I'll ask you now since we're on the topic. Would you rather be a legend in an individual sport or for tennis. or a legend in a team sport? Uh, it's a tough one, to be honest, because even though a casual sports fan that probably doesn't watch tennis still can be like, oh, I know about Andre Agassi or Pete Sampras, right. Arthur Ashe. They know, the, they know the main ones. And tennis is not you know, a, a Joe Schmo sport. You, you definitely make a good buck. Oh, yeah. There, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, at least with all the endorsements, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean they get nice ass stuff too. Right, it's, it's fresh, high quality stuff. Yeah, European European fashion. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean even golf too. Golf is individual, and mm-hmm. like you said, even a casual fan would know would know the superstars, mm-hmm. um, and the winnings are good. Definitely. But like Amer- uh, team sports is a very Amer- is more of an American thing, and. Mm-hmm. I, we we are so we are so drawn and we we're so like in love with our our legends that we grew up with to be, to think about being one of them it's amazing but I don't know man I keep going back to tennis because like Roger Federer right he steps onto that court and those you've been to U.S. Open you know what those courts are like that's actually oh. something I want to go to it is um, the best. I love it so much. I look forward to every September. The quarterfinal, that's our John. We go there. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks sometimes. Well, not. I shouldn't say the sport. It's just just the way that it is. That you see a great rally and you can't be like, oh, because you got to stay quiet while it goes on. But when the point's over, the whole crowd erupts. Right, right. And it's it's the best. I love it. It sucks getting there, but when you get there, it's. It's I, a great I love that. Explosion. I love that. I love that that piece of uh, etiquette in, in tennis. How like you have mm-hmm. to you have to just obey that traditional rule. 
um, respect the respect the game for what it is, and like, like if he if Roger Federer walks onto that ground, you know that that court and everyone's those stadiums are huge and everyone's surrounding him and everyone's watching him and this other guy duel it out and like every right. every point in the match a close match is huge and the crowd's erupting only after the point is made. You know, it's not like you said right. it's not a, an instant reaction thing. And I, oh man, thinking about that just it's. It's getting me fucking fired up. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a fun time. And, and if you can see a legend, like I was lucky enough to see Roger uh, one year when I went. He played Monfi, and, and he battled back from three match points. Wow. And came back and won the fifth set. And I mean, the crowd was very pro Roger to begin with, but watching him come back in that third set and then just take four and five was just oh the best. Loved who, it. Who do you think is more loved, Nadal or Federer? Oh, Federer. It's not even close. Yeah. Federer is by far. <clears throat> I think it's to find someone that doesn't like Federer would be very hard. I, I feel like Federer, Roger Federer and Phil Mickelson are like this on the same. Uh, I think Roger's even beyond Phil. Well, no, I mean because like. I, people feel like people, sometimes people get rubbed the wrong way with Phil. Mm-mm. But I, I personally enjoy watching him do what he does. But Roger is just. The consummate professional. He's class. Well. He's class. Such a class act. He's fucking class. Yeah, and we are treated to a great semifinal matchup. Yes, yeah, classic. So we got him Roger and Nadal, right? Versus Nadal, the king of clay. Uh, Hopefully, he won't get clay. It's it's yeah, it's tough to see Nadal losing this match just because this is his specialty. This I is mean, his domain. Yeah, he he beat the crap out of Nishikori six one six one six three. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't really lose much on uh, on clay. Uh, when you Why see is he so much better on clay than than anything else? Well, to begin with, he's he's extremely quick, right? And uh-huh. and he can get to to any ball really that's on the court. It's it's tough to kind of put him away when he's healthy, and that's always been been a big thing for him is, is trying to stay healthy. And you know, he was the world number one for a few years you know, way back when. Got hurt, came back. I know he's, he's hovering in, in the second rank, but uh, Nadal's only dropped one set so far. Wow! Uh, up Holy until finals. Yeah. So. What's the other? Uh, what's the other matchup we got? Oh, the other semifinal isn't determined yet, so that's that's going to be uh, determined coming up. So Djokovic is playing Zverev in the first quarterfinal. Two great guys. Uh, the, the men definitely. There was no real surprises really coming from the fourth round to the quarterfinal. Uh, you know, Zverev beat the Italian Fagini, Fagini, and uh, you had Djokovic beating some guy Shruff, who had made it to the fourth round. But uh, Theme and uh, I'm gonna butcher this Russian guy's name, Kachinov, uh-huh. is four versus ten. The so Theme beat the the hometown Monfi in straight sets, and uh, Kachinov beat uh, another favorite of mine, Del Potro. Oh, who has who has yeah. made a really good comeback since his injury? Yeah, I love Del he, He's made it. Oh, and and the Argentinian fans travel so well. Yeah, you, you always hear them in the. They US love Open. him. They love yes. him. He's he's a great guy. He's, he's tall, lanky, big guy. He's, he hits the ball really well, and uh, yeah, he he fought him hard, but lost in four sets. So no, no uh, good American men, huh? Like Isner? No, Isner Isner wasn't there. Um, yeah, it's it's. Since Roddick was was the best American, it, it's tough to see uh, another American do as well. Isner's always been our best hope, but the problem with Isner is he just he serves probably one of the hardest balls in tennis. But 
he can't break anyone. You see him go so many five set matches. All his matches are five sets, and eventually he just outlasts the guy because he's six foot whatever, yeah, and just smacks the crap out of the ball. But uh, it's it's tough when you see a, a country like us that you know we have supposedly all the best stuff, and, and we can't compete with these other countries in in a, in a sport which it's all individual. It's, if it's athletic, why aren't we doing this? But right. Until until we uh, can figure out where our, our guys are coming in and uh, producing the way that they can, you got to hope for uh, these guys like Isner to, to get the chance. But he wasn't even in tournament this year. Uh, I believe he was battling an injury. All right. So. All right. Well, Puma's back, so we can get to – we can finally get to fan questions. We're gonna, what about Guess That Hat? Oh, God. We still have to do Guess That Hat. You have the facts ready? Yes, I do. So, no, no, no. What do you want? The phone. Oh, the phone. My phone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to talk to the wife. That's all good. Um, so what did I miss? Did I miss all the, the tennis and the soccer stuff? Exactly. Yep. Good, perfect. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very suspect. Puma just has to call when we're talking about topics he has one something to do with. Huh, huh. My girlfriend must love me that she did that for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the hat that I got on today, Chance, bring us in. It's time to play Guess That Hat. Where is it? Did you forget it? No, I did not forget it. You know what the hat is. Talk about it. Well, and, all right. Puma's, Puma's sporting a very uh, clean hat. A uh, classic look. Uh, oh, my God. There it is. All right. Does it have a Does it have a patch? It does. It has a patch, big time patch. Um, might be easy for me to talk about you. it. You, yeah, for sure. All right. Can't have our. I think we said this last time. Our our uh, big guess at hat winner can't really participate anymore. So you know, we didn't even put up a post for the last one. Yeah, we did. For the last one. Yeah. From episode. The last one we- Episode 15? Oh, we did not. We did not. Oh, the answer to that was the Montreal Expos. Just so we know. So that was on us. That was on Nikki not to put that post up. Um. So this hat, this week's hat. Fact number one. This team is considered with some some competition as the team of the 90s. That's a dead giveaway. No, it's not. No, it's not. All right. No, it's not. Okay. Fact number two. The manager of this team coached his first World Series game ever as a player or as a coach. That's fact number two. Fact number three. This... Series, the winning team of this series was outscored by the losing team of this series. What? So the team that won the series yeah. didn't score as many runs as the team that lost the series. Huh. That's a good fact. I know that. I know, I know what had is just based on that fact alone. <laughs> really? The fact, the third fact? That's it. Yeah. He's the king of guess that hat, man. All right. So, fact number four. Good thing Matt's not playing. Yeah. 
Fact number four. Game five of this series was the last home game for the home team in that stadium. And the last fact, fact number five, let's see. Fact number five Hmm. is the losing team was in... 91, 92, 96, 99, and 95. They were in five World Series in the 90s and only won one of them. So that's guess, that's guess that hat. We will put a post up this week for the hat. Make sure you guess that hat so you can come on the show and we can have four people on the show instead of just three. So, Matt... Matt put a Full guess disclosure. in in the group, and he I, is wrong. I, I did not guess the hat. No. Matt guessed it wrong. And no, it's not the Pirates. So, because of that fact, that fact that you said was that World Series when they hit the walk-off in Game 7. I was like, yeah, he's dominated that series. It's still lost. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm, I see what you're saying. No, I really, to be honest, I didn't listen to the first two facts. Really, I just heard the third fact and just made it off that guess. All right. Well, when we when we stop recording, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> um. So I think it's time to get into our fan questions. All right. So Chen's, I know you have the questions today. I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Yes, yes. Uh, Sean Avery, NHL insider, is reporting that the Maple Leafs and Jets have made a trade. Sending Kadri to the Jets in exchange for Jacob Truba. So we'll remain to be seen if that's true or not. NHL can't announce trades till after the playoffs are over. Wow. So like play for player, I guess, because Because the Hayes deal got the Hayes deal, deal got mentioned. Yeah, but they were saying that uh if it's a player for player that's under contract potentially maybe. But yeah, that'd be a crazy deal. I think that would be a huge win for the lease if that's true. Well, that 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 sucks because the the Rangers were really big on Truba. Mm-hmm. So definitely, we'll see if that's true. We'll see if that's Truba. So anyway, wow. Oh God, uh, friggin' dad jokes. We got a uh, fan question from Chris. Uh, he's a loyal listener. He wants to know over under a hundred wins for the Yankees this year. Question one. Okay, so question one. I think oh, definitely over 100. I think over 100. I uh, I was listening to LaGreca today. Yeah. LaGreca said that they're going to they're going to eclipse the 1998 Yankee total which is 114. That's banana land, no. Banana. <laughs> so let's let's be a little bit more precise. How many games do they win? Take a guess. All right, fine. Uh I'm going to say 110. Yeah, that many? I say one ten. Shit. How many did they win last year? One oh four? Thought yeah, that was gonna be one oh four. I say one ten. I I don't think they beat last year's total. You don't you do so you think so you don't think they get over a hundred wins? No, I think they do. What do you get? Like one oh one, one oh two? One oh two. I think one ten. Ninety nine, Bob. Ninety nine. Matt says ninety nine. Right. No, that, that's that's the uh, Price is Right mentality. That's, right. Yeah, exactly. that's, why, that's why I said Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Um, so, 
And then his second part of the question was, does Mickey Calloway make it to the All-Star break? He's, yeah. a, Mets, he's a Mets fan, for the record. He, uh, yeah, I think he does because, unfortunately, he has the support from the general manager and, and the office, the front office, even though he's done a shithouse job of, of managing. I don't know if you guys were watching this 10th inning. The Mets just completely imploded. They were obviously tied going to the 10th, and they gave up a six spot on top of the 10th. Oh, my God. So they yeah, they just lost nine three to the to the Giants, but Callaway just he, he he's just delusional too. He's like, oh, well, there was something that came up, and he mentioned, well, this could be a scenario that we could see in the playoffs down the road. And I'm like, what? Huh. Are you really serious right now that this team is going to compete for the playoffs? That's the trade that they made for Cano and Diaz looks worse and worse each day. Diaz does not pitching as well as they had hoped, and Cano looks like a shell of himself. So, wh- where is this coming from? Yeah, you've got some nice pieces. Alonzo McNeil are great players. I think they can build, and the pitching staff, Syndergaard, again, he's not pitching the way that I thought. I thought of all the when the Mets made the World Series in 2015. I thought Syndergaard was going to be the best pitcher out of those four. Uh, unfortunately. You know, he's hit some snags and injuries, and DeGrom's been pitching probably the most consistent of any pitcher uh, since they made the World Series. But this team is not built to win, and him having this attitude that it's a team that has the shot to make a playoffs is just dumb right, just downright dumb. And until he gets a knock in the head or something clicks and changes, unless they bring up Tebow to save the team, not going to happen. So, wait, I, I kind of zoned out for a second. You say he's going to make it to the All-Star break? Yeah, unfortunately he is because he got the, he got the support from, from the general manager and the dumbass Wilpons. Um, I'm actually going to go the opposite way. You changed. I think, thinking about it now, I think that Callaway has said and done too much stupid shit for it to linger until the All-Star break. Um, now, I think that he's pissed off the Grom and Syndergaard. He didn't listen to them about staying in the game. First, That's the first thing. Second thing is, like you said, he's talking about the playoffs with a team that's under 500. That's four, they're only four and a half games out. But I think the Nationals will find their footing. They're, they're, they have too, too good of a team to not. You know, which you have Stratsburg, Corbin, and Scherzer. I really don't see them finishing underneath the Mets. And the Braves and Phillies are good, and they're going to get better. You know, I, I really don't see them making the playoffs. And I'm not even as much as a Met hater as I am. I don't, I don't see the Mets now dealing with that. Now, on the flip side of it, the Mets being the Mets... I can also see a situation where he stays the entire year because they just won't fire him. It also could come down to cost too, where they it make more sense to keep him to the end of the year. There might be something in the contract, but the mentioning again now too much in the post game. He pulled Syndergaard in the seventh inning, only had 103 pitches, and he had a lead, lost the lead. So he's done this twice now in 72 hours, where he pulled an ace that wants to stay in the game, that wants to pitch through it. That you, I would trust rather than the bullpen, hmm. and you get up with two losses. So, well, unless they 
it sounds like he doesn't want to be there. Like Callaway, it doesn't. Things aren't clicking. I don't know what it is, but it's frustrating to watch because this team at least should have some some potential if the pitching's healthy, which it has been. They should be playing better baseball than they are. And you guys start with the manager. He's not getting the job done. It all it trickles down. Well, here's the thing too, and I just while you were talking about money. Mickey Callaway is one of the lowest paid managers in the major leagues. He makes $850,000 a year. That's 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 nothing. I think Kevin Cash gets paid less. But I don't, like I said, you know, there's a situation where you have a team with, a, you know, yeah, some of these guys haven't been healthy. You know, but you have Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, McNeil, who just came back tonight. You have Nimmo, you know, serviceable major leaguers who are underperforming under this guy. And plus, every offseason, what do you hear when you hear about the Mets? They're pitching. They're pitching, they're pitching, they're pitching. And their pitching hasn't done jack shit. And if you even go back to that trade that they made with the Mariners, bringing in Cano, Cano's hurt. And Diaz, which he hasn't performed up to his capabilities. You know, I don't know if, you know, these guys come over to the Mets and they just become duds. But it happens a lot, I've seen. But Jay Bruce is another one. Jay Bruce, who's um, who was who was the guy in the Red Sox that they that they that had a career year oh, with the Red Sox, and then oh, Jason Bay, Jason Bay, oh, Jason Bay yeah. another one that came over to the Mets and just sucked. Well, he was he was in the Pirates first, and he was awesome on the Pirates. Then he yeah, went to the Red Sox. Had a, he mashed the Yankees in, when he was a Red Sox, yeah. and then came to the Mets and just sucked dick. You know, another thing that's another it's outlier. Like they come to the Mets, they're like, "Yes, I'm getting paid. Time to check out," and they just suck. Well, another another factor is that this is an Olderson hiring. Van Wagenen didn't sign this guy. Who? Van Wagenen. That's his name. Yeah, the that's, GM. That's the GM. Oh, look at this! Look at his life hack. So, the situation that Van Wagenen didn't bring him in is another reason why they might get rid of him. Now. Here's the question. If they get rid of him, do they bring in a Joe Girardi or a Buck Showalter or a Dusty Baker type? And Chen's just dropped my fucking phone. It dropped from like a foot from the microphone onto a padded table. You have a case. So, I don't see a situation where Callaway coaches past this season, but I think if I had to put a percentage on the situation, I think there's an 80% chance he gets fired before the break. Wow, I think I want to get fired before the break, but I don't. I just don't think the Mets should make the right decision. I don't think the Wilpons want to admit they made a mistake this close, this close into the, the tenure of, of Callaway. I mean, they were they were banging on him last year too, and the excuse was he was a first year manager. Mm-hmm. You know what? He's a great pitching coach. What He's he not did, a manager. what? He's not a manager. No, he's, he, he's a good pitching coach. He's not a manager. You know who he is? He's fine. He's, he's a fine. young. He's a younger version of Larry Rothschild. Rothschild managed the Tampa Bay Devil Rays when they were the Devil Rays and was shit. Went to the Cubs, reestablished himself as one of the best pitching coaches in the game, and now he's with the Yankees. And the Yankees do everything they can to keep him. But Callaway did wonders in Cleveland with Kluber and Bauer and Clevenger and Carrasco and Cody Allen and all these people. So, like I said, I don't think Callaway makes it to the All-Star break. 
you know, I can see him getting fired at the All-Star break. I think I, could, I can see them waiting until they have that break to fire him. But I don't think he gets past it. All right. Next. Didn't they fire uh, Randolph, Willie Randolph, like... In flight. It was in, yeah, like against the Angels. Like, they left, they had a West Coast trip and basically wanted to leave him there. Yeah, they fired him, like, on the flight to Anaheim. You know, if you look at the, some of the managers that the Mets have had in the past two decades, the best one was Valentine. Art Howe was crap. Um, Jerry Manuel was crap. Terry Collins was okay. And Callaway sucks. You know, they haven't had much success with hiring managers. So, you know, but that whole organization is a dumpster fire. So, all right, all right. All right. So, they're a Mickey Mouse organization. There we go. That's his famous line. You know, they can't, they, you're in the biggest market in New York. Like, get it right. It's embarrassing. And it's more magnified because they are in New York. So, you know, you have two of the top pitchers in the game in Syndergaard and in DeGrom. You know, you have two, some teams don't have two aces. They're lucky if they have one. You know, and Matt's is a serviceable MLB pitcher too. Like, you have a good rotation and you have a decent back end of the bullpen. Like, word of the day, serviceable. <laughs> so, you know, and they have the hitting too. You know, they have the offensive capabilities to score runs, and they have the offensive the offensive capability to perform in a division where it there's no clear winner or getaway team. So, it's it has to come down to the manager at the end of the day, and I think a guy like Girardi would be a perfect fit. A hard-nosed guy, a no-nonsense guy, who's going to get these guys to perform day in and day out. He overachieved in New York with the Yankees. Every year he overachieved. That 2017 season, they weren't expected to do what they did. They were one game away from the World Series. And if the Yankees had home field advantage in that series, they would have won the World. They would have went to the World Series. Because the home team won every ser- every game in that series. But you know, like I said, the Mets, the Mets need to figure it out. And the only way, and you know what? Fuck the manager. It's the owners. The Wilpons need to sell. That that organization ain't going anywhere until the Wilpons sell and get out. 100% agreed. And I'm not saying that as a Yankee fan who hates the Mets. I'm just saying that as a baseball fan who knows who knows his shit. But, you know, that's my Met rant. I needed one. I haven't gone on one in a while. All right. Um, my next question is <clears throat> comes from me actually. Oh, yeah. I asked Puma, "What's one food that you can eat any time of day for for like you just crush this food?" He gave me a very strange answer. Unusual, I should say, not strange. Unusual. It's not that unusual. I think it's pretty unusual. If, Matt, if I asked you, "What's a food that you can you can?" eat an insane amount of no matter when what would you say I, I, I mean a food to me that it just seems versatile would just be like omelets I could eat <coughs> any time of the day <laughs> omelets alright I was thinking like, anything on those omelets see, you put whatever you want see I'm thinking like fries I can eat fries cause they're smaller you can get them whenever well, my fat ass was thinking whatever you could eat whatever no, no, no. I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, hot dog eating competition kind of food. Well, you didn't specify that when you asked me. 
That's, that was what I went for. Well, you didn't specify that. Well, That's Puma, why I gave Puma, you the answer I gave Puma you. Puma gave me ravioli. I said ravioli. Puma's like, I, ravioli. Puma's like, I could eat ravioli. I could eat a shitload of whatever. I give you that to shit for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, but you, the, the, the point is quantity. Because I want to know, how many ravioli can you eat in 10 minutes? Well, that question wasn't clear enough for that. No, that's why I didn't answer the real question because I wanted to catch you off guard. Well, that's why I said ravioli. And that's what. That's fine. You can stick so, with ravioli. So okay, so no. If I had, if it's don't like, let a, fe- don't let Chen's fat shame you. Go no. On, no, nothing's. Uh, I love regatta cheese and, and pasta, of course. Because I want to, I want to see something like this happen. Okay. Well, if <laughs> just, it's a, if it's a, wh- just start whipping out ravioli and have you eat it. If it's a, if it's a hot, like a contest, I would probably say honey barbecue wings. Boneless. What? Oh, boneless. So just pieces of chicken. Yeah. No, it'd be more impressive if you did the wings. Clean the bones. Yeah, then how do you judge how much bone you gotta just? Yeah, I know you have off. to. You have to. You have to see. You have to have cleanliness uh, reading. Anyway, that was my random question. Do you have any? Okay, here's here's one. There we go. And this one's a little off I off the you, board. I thought you had some written down. So no, I had. I was actually thinking about this. All right. If you had to be one tool in a toolbox, what what tool would you be? Swiss Army knife. Oh, uh, that's not a bad. That's one. a great answer. That's a great answer. Is that something you find in a toolbox, though? Yeah. You could. It's a collect. It's a it's a, it's a it's a collection of tools, though. Yeah. So uh, I I'm the I'm the present tool. I I can do anything. I'm the Renaissance man of tools. Okay, Chance, what about you? You can do see the, the Swiss Army knife. It's not the most. It's I'm not the. I'm gonna cut you, Chance. How about that? All it's right? not the highest. It's not the. <laughs> high. I'm on my choice. Listen, listen, listen. I'm you. just trying to debate it. It's not a. It's not the most quality of tools. Like eat, like the screwdriver in there isn't the best screwdriver. You know, uh, the scissors aren't the greatest. Um, the the. The wrench. The wrench isn't the best. You know. The pliers. You have a lot of really. You have a lot of useful stuff. You like. What's the what's the saving? What's the saying? Uh, bread know. an inch. No, uh, uh, bread <laughs> bread an inch. Detroit Tiger. Bread an inch. Yeah, you play like every position. Other than great. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like a Ben Zobris type. Oh yeah. God, no! I'm thinking of a saying, but okay. Anyway, wow, oh, branded inch. Holy shit. Um, that should be the title of the episode, branded inch. <laughs> We're doing titles of the episode now? Fuck it. Let's start. Oh, well, Chen's can't count. We'll start with that one. There you go. Yeah, Chen's exactly. can't, there can't you count. Go. Evident from there last episode go. and episode for then. That's why I brought in the episode today. <sighs> All right. What what tool would I be? Uh, what the fuck? I don't know. You have an answer? Yeah. What is it? I'd be a hammer. I knew you'd pick a hammer. If I had to pick a legit tool, I'd probably be a Phillips screwdriver. I was thinking Phillips screwdriver. You need yeah. that for a lot of stuff. You can also jimmy things open with it. Mm. You can jimmy things open with the back of the hammer, too. It's a little crowbar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's my answer. And my answer is the hammer. Uh, is there any other questions that came from the fans? I asked Matt once before when you were out, uh, would you rather be a legend in an individual sport or a legend in a team sport? Legend in a team sport. I knew it. No, yeah. he, he didn't even give thought into that. Why? 
Because I feel like being on a team and being a legend on a team and leading men and leading a group of players and being their leader is and being remembered for that is is carries more weight than just being remembered as an individual. Why? You're doing it all on your own. But at the same time, you're winning titles by yourself, not having to lead others, not having to rely on others. But that's the the beauty of sports is you need to rely on others and you need to be a group. Well, and about, if you're able to be a good leader, what about individual sports? You don't need to rely on others. It's still a sport. Well, I'm not saying that's not a sport. I, that's the thing about sports. Listen, I grew up playing team sports. Here we go. I'd rather. You know, he's always got to talk about the sports he played. We well, know. Well, we all played fucking sports. Relax. Well, my point is, is you know, I play individual sports too. You know, I do bowl. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. You know, but at the same time, it's individual, but you're also bowling on a team. All right. You know, I mean, golf is an individual and a team sport. The Ryder Cup is a team. Okay, it's tennis, more. It's more of an tennis, individual sport. Tennis is an individual sport, but you also have doubles. Yeah, but those those people in doubles don't always play individually. Hardly ever. I mean, Agassi did. Agassi's on a doubles team. He did. Monroe, McEnroe was an individual. He played on the doubles. Yeah, they do it. They do it like when they're older. But, Serena and Venus play together. Like yeah, but you said like when they're older. Right, but they do that because they're sisters. Yeah, but I got that 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 chemistry. But if you know, like I said, no thought. Legends on a team. You know, think about it. Jordan, Jordan was individually one of the the best basketball player ever, but he's also remembered for the, the six titles that he won with the Bulls. So he was the individually an individual legend, but he's also known as a leader. The flu game. I'm not arguing with you. Okay, I'm not arguing. Well, you're, you're you want an explanation? I'm giving you your explanation. I know that's fine. Okay. Um... What would what is? Oh, I chose individual. By the way, thanks for asking. Well, you guys talked about it already. It's so true. We did. You did. We, ask did. we did. We did. Yeah, exactly. So, um, is that it with the questions? That's it. That's so, it with the questions. That's it. So, um, with what did what did I, did I miss anything juicy when I was uh, when no. I stepped out of the room? No. Like legitimately, you stepped at probably the best time yeah. because we talked about sports that you don't like. We talked about want... we talked about soccer and tennis. Oh, talk, talking of soccer, I uh, told you Chelsea was going to win, and Chelsea oh, won. Oh fuck! Uh, yes, he did say that. And I told you if they won, I would brag about it. So I'm bragging about it. Chelsea won. Get on my level. Who scored for them, by the way? I have no fucking. I have no fucking clue. I didn't watch the game. I got the notification on my phone that the Chelsea won. I was like, yes. Did Drogba score? Yeah, Drogba scored. <laughs> he was he was uh, over there just watching from Phoenix. Uh, is he even still playing? No, he's an owner of a team in Phoenix. Ah, he, he owns he that. Owner. He owns that team. He was owner player. Yeah, but he's on the back nine of his career, right? He's off the fucking. He's off the fucking course, dude. He's already passed MLS, and that's quote unquote the retirement league. As much as I hate that it is. Any uh, any news on Derossi? Dude, no, we're not talking about Derossi, all right? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. It's still too too soon. I don't like it. All right, all right so then before let let's let's move on from we're, this. We're done. We're done. So. We're done. Couple of uh, couple of things. First, um, 
if you are interested in attending the hot dog game, which we are calling it the hot dog game, that will be July 19th against the Colorado Rockies. Um, we are in preliminary talks about possibly doing a gigantic group. So we'll keep it posted on that and doing a group rate so we all can sit together and we can all make fun of Chen's. Um, no softball this week. We got rained out last week. So we're still 2-0. Playing the... How many rainouts have we had? Four? Four. Uh, three. Jesus. Three. Playing championship rematch this week. Yeah. Uh, playing Pops Crew. So you know it's going to be a good game. Um, other than that, you know, just follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, if you want to have your questions answered, when we put up the post, answer the post to have your questions answered on, on air for the next episode. Um, make sure to guess that hat. We will have a post this week for guess that hat and that's it. So Matt, what is your sign off going to be? So my question to you guys boy or girl Sunday's the big reveal oh fuck boy I'm saying boy as well I'm saying boy well yo here's 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 a personal question oh god is she carrying high or low this is not this is a, the wife's tale. I've heard like if she's pointy or if she's round or if she likes cheese or not I she looks like a she stuffed a basketball under her shirt <laughs> <laughs> so there she's she's carrying like looks like my belly right now I'm looking down at it and it's like I think she's finally got me beat I had her beat for a while <laughs> that's this, good this that's guggy. good man that's good so looks like we got a healthy baby so far knock on wood well that's all that matters as long as they have all 10 yes. fingers 10 toes and they're healthy it doesn't matter what gender they Wait, are so, so Sunday's the day yeah so we're gonna go to the hospital to visit my mom we're gonna cut the cake that we uh, have had made the results were in but the, the Maury results are in <laughs> kind of show it on the bottom of the, uh, the text screen and yeah. uh, we hand it to the baker the baker's gonna do their thing have the cake ready for us on, on Sunday wow and then uh, we're gonna caravan my, my wife my in-laws my one set of grandparents that she has and then my mom will be there obviously and my, my dad and my two grandmas Eric flying in from Toronto with Neve and uh We'll have a nice little ceremony in the uh, conference room of Sloan Kettering. So I'm sure you'll get, you guys will get the text uh, some sometime on Sunday. Yes. Be either blue cake or pink cake. So that'd be we'll, awesome. Uh, we'll see. That'd be awesome. Tune in. So I'm saying boy. Yeah, boys. We got two boys. Boy for me. All right. Boy for me. All right. So, so with that, we will catch you next time on our next episode, whatever that might be. Not really sure yet when we're recording. But until then... NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup, French Open, U20 World Cup, and obviously baseball. So on behalf of Matt and Puma, peace out. Till next time. See you. Later. Dalan so me give it to, so me give it to, so me give it to, to my girls. Fat million and fat minute t-shirt, t Baby girl, all my girls, all my girls, Sunday party. Pay the time, cool, I wanna be keeping you warm. I got the right temperature.